Welcome back to episode 81 of the Off The Record podcast by Crossfader. In today's episode, it gets tense for two major DJs on Instagram. Crossfader gets a new team member. Danny's brain is about to get melted in this week's chat challenge. And five red flags all DJs should avoid in the DJ industry. Let's roll the intro. Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off, 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 off the Record. Now then, welcome back to another episode of Off The Record. You may notice that this voice sounds different yeah. uh, to begin with. Remember down. There he is. Just Lawrence does. is away. He's off playing golf in... Where, where's he gone? Turkey. Turkey. He's yeah. playing golf in Turkey. Living it up Living without the, the kids, without anyone, <laughs> just with his mates playing golf. So that's why you've got me, Jamie, uh, leading the show today. and Me, Danny, as backup dancer. There we go. <laughs> And we swapped roles. Danny's now controlling the laptop and checking out the comments. I'm leading the show. It's going to be an interesting show. Um, so, like I said, there's some interesting news that's gone down recently in, in the DJ industry. But we, we like a bit of gossip, don't we? As DJs, we're always yeah. watching all the beef that, that evolves on beef. social media. And people love to, you know, sit and get the popcorn out and watch. Always. Um, so recently, James Hype put a video out on Instagram Um Basically, Dead Mouse has said in the past about DJs playing pre-recorded sets and sort of slating it and saying that DJs at EDC, is there anyone that even plays a live set at EDC? And I think it sort of just got some wires crossed. Um, and James had put this video out on Instagram sort of saying, look, here's the proof that, you know, I play a live set, which we all know he does, like the amount of trickery that goes into his sets. Um, it's very obvious that it's live. Um, but it was kind of this weird thing where Dead Mouse then popped up on and was like, Dude, I wasn't I wasn't aiming this specifically at you. And then there was a thread and then Afrojack's there, like with the emojis in the comments. Lay <laughs> <It's> back <everyone laughs> looks like I'm waiting for this to uh to to, to like unfold. Yeah. Um and yeah, it was quite an, an interesting thing that evolved. Yeah. Because it's it's quite nice seeing these big DJs all kind of just be social media people. You yeah. know, just be really yeah. like open on social media yeah. and actually chat to each other. But then there was this follow-up of like Dead Mouse saying, oh, you know, I sent you a message ages ago, actually, and uh, I, I, I never got a reply, and I think it might still be in your in your unreads or in your, you know, your hidden inbox or something. Yeah. So almost like there was a multiple, it wasn't just like a- There was layers to one it. One yeah. reply, there were yeah. layers to it. So it was an interesting thing. And then off the back of that, just literally yesterday, I think this has obviously escalated, and James Hype's put a video out on his YouTube um, about what he really thinks about pre-recorded sets. It's always a big talking point, isn't it? Always, yeah. I think. But it's... The, but but why why do you think there are pre-recorded sets? I don't know. I mean, from like a big stage visual point of view, I've seen how like visuals can work, like integrated with DJ setups, and I can imagine it is very simple for like the front of house guys to have like a pre-recorded show ready yeah. to just go at the hit of a button. Yeah, I get that, but then like it can be done with like live DJs and stuff, and I don't know. It's it's just a tricky situation that's always been there with DJs, yeah. I guess. And I think a lot of these DJs are actually artists first. Yeah. They make music and people are paying to go and hear them, like hear 
all of their favorite songs from this artist with all the show that goes on behind and all the people that are jumping around in the crowd will not care if it's pre-recorded or yeah. if they're doing it live. It's it's all the people on the internet. For sure. The, the other DJs that yeah. sit and watch and feel like, well, why should they get paid thousands and thousands to not actually do anything? Yeah. Um, and you've got to imagine, maybe they're not doing that much. They're just, you know, putting their hands up and performing on that stage in that moment. But it's all the work that goes into the music and the show and everything beforehand. I'm not condoning pre-recorded sets. I'm just saying there's obviously a reason for it. Mm. And it's to make sure that the people that have paid to go and see their favorite artist just have a great time probably get drunk and probably just jump around to the favorite music with crazy lights going on. Yeah, so, but interesting to see it unfold and see two big, big DJs, you know, yeah. going back and forth with each other over yeah, Instagram. Definitely. So the other breaking news you might've heard if you are right here at the very start, when we went live to those that are tuned in live, we've got a new team member at Crossfader and you know, what's quite funny about it. His name is James. Another James. Another James. We have another one. So you might not see him much on camera, but we've uh, hired. We've got another team member. We're really welcome uh, to join the team is James. Uh, he's going to be working in operations. So he's a bit more behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but you might see his face now and again. Uh, but it's something to celebrate. You know, yeah. we like to share. This is off the record. It's what happens behind the scenes and the team is growing and we've got big plans for next year and how we can share the love more with yeah. DJs around the world in lots of different ways as well. Um, Next, your brain is going to melt yep. later on in this podcast. I've, I've, I got tasked by Lawrence to like come up with a good crossfader chart challenge for yeah. you. Um, and I had to write my brain. I spent a while on this. I was like, <laughs> what artist should I choose? And I'm really excited. So stick around because he might need some help later. I'm for those, ready. yeah, for those that are watching live. And if you are watching live, remember, just like other weeks, we will take your questions and we'll start answering them possibly halfway through the show and then towards the end as well. So. Get those questions in. Danny's going to favorite some, yep. and then we'll run through them. Um, but today's episode is all about five red flags to avoid in the DJ industry. Um, and it was really interesting because Lawrence put this together, and he, he's done it for anyone that's our newsletter reader. will have already maybe read some of this. Um, but he put this newsletter together, and it got me thinking when I read it as well. And I was mm. like, actually, these are very valuable points yeah. that any beginner DJ going into, into the industry and getting those first gigs needs to just be aware of because thinking back to my career, they definitely brought up some things for me of like, oh yeah, I've fallen into that trap. Or, yeah. yeah, that happened a few times to me. Um, so let's try and avoid them. So we're going to run through them and we'll have a chat about them. Um, Danny, so number mm. one, promoters who want to pay to play, want you to play for free yeah. or promoters who are way too involved. Yeah. So this is common, really, isn't it? Because Absolutely, the yeah. promoter's always wanting to get something for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. always wanting to cut their costs down. Yeah. And there's a lot of even pay for pay to play at the at the moment as well, where you literally have to sell yeah. tickets to get. A, I mean, the, the pay to play thing is very new, isn't it? it? Is, I yeah, mean, it I, is. you and me definitely never had that in the past. It was more with, I don't know, with paying with playing for free. I feel like when you're a new DJ. It's just part of like, it's like your rite of passage in a way. It's like, you've just got to do it. Like exactly you're getting that. your name out there. You don't know anything really. You know, all you've done is your bedroom and you're trying to get through and break through. And I think to do the free gigs, you have to do it, but there's got to be a point. Like that's the important thing. It, it gets to a point where promoters will start to take the mick a little bit and be like, yeah, he'll do it for free. Yeah. And you've got to decide where that cutoff point is. You've got to say, okay, am I going to do one or two or three gigs for free but you've got to decide that early on because it's very easy to get caught in this mind frame of like well 
I'm loving the gig and I don't want to lose it. And oh, I'll just keep doing it for free because it's great. And then suddenly it's like, oh, if word gets out about that, then other promoters are like, well, why should I yeah. pay you? You know, and yeah. it, it's just, you don't want to find yourself in that tricky situation. The other flip side of it is if the promoter is not willing to pay anything after the two or three weeks, then mm. do they really value what you're bringing to their event and value you as a DJ? Or are they just looking for something or someone cheap and they don't care who it is? Yeah. And do you want to be that person or not? So just watch out for it. Again, we're not saying say no to any free gig. We're saying just it can be a red flag for the type of people you want to work with. Just watch out for it. Um, and also the sideline to that is promoters that are too involved. It's kind of a, a part B to this. Mm. Um, a lot of the time promoters can get way too involved in like what the music is, you know, send you Spotify playlists and want you to stick to that exact playlist. And we might have spoke about this a bit on the podcast before, but just be aware of that because if they're almost wanting to do the job of a DJ but not stand behind the decks, it can also be a red flag because mm. they're taking so much control yeah. over what they want the night to be and actually not putting much trust in the people they're hiring. Mm. So again, take the inspiration. If they send you Spotify playlists and things, have a dialogue with them and say, thanks for the playlist. You know, I want, I hope this is a license for me to take some inspiration from it and play off the back of that yeah. and expand on it. Um, it's not just a set list for the night. So have you ever had like promoters give you set music to play? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always had in the past, I've had promoters that have been a little bit too on it and they've been like you know kind of stood behind you in the dj booth almost mm. like looking over your shoulder mm. and it's like it's added pressure as a dj as well i think and especially when you're new to it you know you want to you want to kind of like find your feet a little bit yourself just as a dj and i think to have someone looking over your shoulder can you know really be a lot on you mm. we did actually have a funny situation with this when i first started dj and i don't know if you remember this was a long time ago but i was i sent a mix to a promoter who was looking for a very specific DJ and he was interested and he asked me for a mix and I sent a mix to this promoter and he came back and he dissected the whole mix and be like, this song's good, this song's good, this song's good, but we don't want this song in here. And it's like, I think when a promoter's like that, you should just kind of walk away. Yeah, I think it got to the point where they were getting so <laughs> intense with it. They were like, well, why don't you just DJ yeah, your, your exactly. own event? Like you obviously yeah. know exactly the, the yeah. specific songs you want to play. Yeah. Um, and obviously that, that never followed through and, of course, I, and yeah. I don't think the night necessarily no. succeeded um I think the promoters are still around you know but it doesn't Maybe. mean that um you know that night's going to succeed yeah. especially when there's so much emphasis on yeah. you know a specific set list so it's just a, again a red flag watch out for it yeah um it can be that telltale sign of there might be cracks and things that could form further down the line right number two the second red flag to watch out for a brand new events Again, this is something whereby a lot of new DJs might come across this because a lot of opportunities come from new clubs opening, new events starting by promoters, new promoters entering the scene. You know, all these things provide new opportunities for the DJ scene, which is great, but watch out because you've got to think who's behind this venue and club. Like, you know, what is who is the promoter? What are their credentials? You know, have they got any... Um, past in the industry where they've done other things that have been successful or are they totally new to it because again you know it's great we want new promoters to come to the scene but it's something for you to watch out for as a dj because they might not have experience to make that night a success yeah um what's the reputation of the venue like 
you know, maybe it's a venue that's gone through a big refurb and it had a really bad rep before and they're hoping that by splashing money on it, it, it brings their reputation around and changes the reputation of the venue. So just have be aware of that. It's not to say don't do gigs, but those are those things to watch out for. Um, is there anything else? What's the genre? What's the type of crowd? You know, if it's a brand new event, is it in like a really cool bougie club and they're trying to do some underground music mm. or is it an underground club and the, this is the first night they've ever done that's like top 40 and you're a bit like, I feel like there's a detachment between what this venue is and what this promoter's wanting. Maybe they don't quite understand the culture here or maybe maybe the night just, you know, the, the venue needs an extra night that is totally different to the rest of their nights, which yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. But something to watch out for is, you know, brand new events to your city and club. They can provide great opportunities. They can, yeah. We're not saying don't go and take them because, you know, firsthand I've had nights that have been brand new and then I've ended up playing at that as a residency for a good few years. Like sometimes they do stand the test of time, but there can be a flip side where it isn't successful. Yeah. Some of my best residencies came from brand new events where promoters that I'd worked with previously were expanding and launching new events further uh, further afield or even in the same city but a total different style of music for example mm -hmm. um and they were really committed to it and and i managed to one of the bonuses of that is being in from the start of a new event is you really curate the experience of the growth of that event yeah. musically especially so that's a big thing is that like we said don't just shun this it's just one of those things to watch out for um another point on this is have a look at what the entry price is. Is it a free entry place? Have they got tickets to pay to get into this place? What are the, you know, the, the vibe? Because that might change what you charge as well. You might think, okay, well, this ven this venue only holds 200 people and they're mm. not charging entry in. I can't go in there and charge $500 or 500 pounds yeah. because they're probably not even making that, like yeah. you know, in the first few nights. So you've got to look at it that way as well. You know, work with the new events and say, okay, this is an opportunity for me. And they're not really charging much, so let's try and do this together and build it together. And maybe say to them, look, if this event's if this event becomes successful, can we come to an agreement whereby my wage, you know, can be reviewed and can go up when this night hits X amount of people? And that's something you could set out at the start, especially if it's a brand new event. And mm. it's a good tip for for kind of making sure you don't then undercut yourself. The night becomes a success. You're a big part of the success, but you lose out on the success of it. Yeah, <laughs> So something to watch out for. I've had that before. Some of you know my favorite gigs I started and I didn't know if they were going to last. So, and I, I knew that the promoter couldn't afford much. I went in with a price, but then the night got really successful and then it got really awkward to ask for a pay rise. Yeah. Um, and I'm like stuck like, oh, this is awkward. And I really love the event and I don't want to leave it. But I've kind of had this wage now for over a year and it's now awkward to kind of bring it up. Um, and that was just lack of confidence at the time as a DJ. So I'd say that's, you know, something to watch out for. Okay, red flag number three, the clubs and bars who charge low drinks prices. Yeah. So this is a big red flag for me. Mm. Um, and I have been on the end of this where I have been that person charging the low drinks prices as a promoter and why was i doing that to try and desperately get more people in the venue yeah. to try and keep the venue alive and the night alive and it only works for a very short period of time and nine times out of ten that club dies off and yeah. or the event dies off and it becomes unsuccessful and if it's just another red flag you know if someone's asking you to come and play for an event and they're charging you know one dollar drinks one pound drinks or something you think hmm you know they're trying to get as many people in here as possible with these super low prices it, it just doesn't go anywhere but down from there yeah. you can't put the prices back up mm. um so just something to bear in mind yep. have you do you know what i've got a story here so 
obviously I mentioned I used to run an event and we started lowering the prices. Another event we did used to run, which was about the pricing was a 10 pound all you can drink. Now that really? was goes on to you get people that are absolutely way too drunk in the yeah. venue and it's probably not, it just can't be done anymore. I don't mm-hmm. think because of licensing and just binge drinking, yeah. but way back when nearly 10 years ago, we did a 10 pound all you can drink event. Um, and that did attract a lot of people. And because it kind of had a product as in it, it was 10 pounds and that was it. It couldn't, you know, you couldn't go lower than that. And that was a very good deal. And it did work for a while. And that was a really good event, mm. a really good party. And it lasted for quite a long time. But I think it's when you see venues dropping the prices over and over and over to try and pull those extra yeah. few people in. They're on the last legs. Undercut other places. Mm. Um, number four. Okay. Venues that ask you to bring your own equipment. Now, this isn't necessarily like a strict red flag because no. I know a lot of people that are listening right now be like, well, I take my equipment to, to my events, of course. Yeah. Exercise caution is what we're saying. For it's sure. not a, a straight up red flag, but it's something to watch out for. Make sure if you are doing that, you've got your insurance in place. Mm. You know, there are drinks flying around. Yeah. How many times have you had drinks on your laptop? Yeah. Uh, I've been through two laptops that got swirled, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I feel like they were very in a close space of time i'm, I'm sure it, i remember yeah, when you yeah. went through through a few laptops i've had it as well um luckily it didn't kill my laptop but it killed some of the keys on my keyboard and i couldn't like load tracks very easily and stuff I had to drag and drop them and <laughs> yeah it was it was a bit of a nightmare yeah um so get your equipment insured also yeah. if you're taking dj equipment down there as in like cdjs or a controller or something then obviously make sure it's insured but do you potentially charge a bit more you know mm. This is something to think about. If a promoter or club is asking you to bring that equipment down, why don't they have their own? That's first question number yeah. one. Like, What is the reason for them not having their own? That could be a red flag. But then if you do want to take yours down, could you just add a bit more to the wage and say, look, you know, to cover my cost of insurance here and me bringing this to the venue where there's risk of accidents, I need a bit of extra money for this gig. Um, so just something to watch out for. Not a full strict red flag, that one. I think that's the least of the red flags, but definitely something to watch out for. Okay, red flag number five. Venues that are too vague about the genre. Yeah. So this one, again, I've had multiple times in my career where you'll get someone who wants to book you as a DJ and then they're just like, which is great. They're like, yeah, do your thing. But sometimes it's like, well, you need some level of like, this is where the night is trying to be heading like yeah is it wanting to be a bit more underground or is it wanting to be straight up commercial you know it doesn't need to be like it's a house night or it's a hip-hop night yeah. it's just which direction does it need to be going in and if the promoters are just like oh you know i don't know just just play anything you know just go for it maybe they don't have the direction for the venue yeah. you know maybe they don't have direction as a promoter of what they want to actually achieve with their events and their nights so again it's a great opportunity because it gives you that freedom but also just ask more questions to that promoter. Yeah, I think it needs to be like a good middle ground because it's like we're saying here, the venues that aren't that on the music and then you've got promoters that are too on the music. I yeah. think it needs to be a nice middle ground where you've got understanding, but you're still given that creative freedom of like, at the end of the day, you should be booked to be a DJ, not Spotify. You know, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to be like that exact thing. You know, you, you need to have your own sort of thing that makes you attractive as a DJ. And I think it's just very important to find that middle ground with venues yeah. and promoters. And creating that dialogue because yeah. so many times promoters will book you and they're so vague about it. Mm. And then they'll come back and, and just like you were saying, Danny, that they'll be like, oh, 
and start criticizing the music that you are playing. Like, yeah. well, you didn't, you know, you didn't <laughs> tell, me tell me specifically kind of where you wanted this to go. And then suddenly after the fact, it's like, oh, this wasn't right. That wasn't right. Um, so having a conversation, keeping that conversation open, the amount of times that we've sat down in meetings with promoters on a regular basis and said, let's have a music meeting. It's yeah. not, you know, where we can pull the promoter aside and go, just talk to me about the music and let's sit down and talk about music and the direction, the music direction of this event. Yeah. Not like, you know, how are we going to get more people in or how is, you know, the night evolving and, you know, who are the staff that you're hiring for it? We don't need to know any of that. What we want to do is help that night thrive musically. So pull the promoter aside away from other meetings and say, can we dedicate some time to just talk about the music here? You know, recap every year. If it's a residency and you've been in this venue for years and you suddenly think it's, it's starting to get tired. I think there could be room for this to evolve a little bit as an event um, before it's too late. Then sit down and talk to your manager, promoter, uh, you know, venue staff about this and say, look, I'm, I'm feeling that people are getting a bit fatigued with the music that we're playing and they might, you know, be interested in some slightly new genres introduced. Can we test it this week? Rather than just going and doing your thing. Yeah. And then they're like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> so yeah, have that dialogue all the time. Mm. Have we got any questions? We have got a few questions. Yeah, I'll find some now. I think uh, let's do a few questions and then we've got Reddit drama. So we've got a guy here, uh, DJ... Helicase, he says, it is tough to balance, sorry, it seems so tough to balance the price between the pricing and respect yourself, but getting the pricing right, where do you want so, to go? So, yeah, so trying to find that, I don't want to charge too little and un undercut my own, myself and cheapen myself, but also I don't want to charge too much and think I'm this big shop. <laughs> yeah. You know, where do we find that balance and that pricing? Yeah. We have got a whole episode. I don't know what number it is about making money as a DJ and how much DJs earn. So go back and check some of those episodes on the podcast. But as a rough idea, you can kind of do some research, you know, try and ask around and get a vibe from other people in your area and in the industry around your area. Because obviously you know, countries, different places will have different rates going on. Even mm. different areas within countries obviously have different rates going on. Um, so try and get a vibe from that. But just as a rough example, here in the UK, what we used to charge anywhere from £100 to maybe £250 for a full night's set yeah. for a residency. And you might be playing four or five, maybe even six hours for that. And it, it depends on, again, your experience and your level and how big the venue is and all these factors play into it. One thing I will say is that me personally, when I was working six different nights every single week, there were six different wages. Yeah. Um, and that just goes to show that I looked at the venues, weekends, you know, I could charge more than midweek. Um, how big the venue is, I knew they had a bigger budget because there's more people coming into the venue and spending money. So I, I, you know, quoted a little bit more. If it was a really cool underground club that only held a couple hundred people, then I, you know, I brought the quote down slightly or I, I left more room to negotiate. So we can't give a definitive answer to that, like a dollar value, but just, you know, think about the trajectory of your career. You know, would you be happy with $30 or 30 pounds just to get started? Yeah. But then after six months, would you want to be getting, you know, double that, 75 to 100? Mm. And then after another six months, okay, I want to be getting gigs that are 100 plus. Um, and then, you know, take it from there. Yeah. Any more questions? Yeah, next question here from All Waves. As a beginner intermediate DJ that has some experience, events and socials, what is the right way to approach a new event promoter and festival? It's that age-old question again, how to approach people. 
Yeah, I mean, if you've already got some experience, doesn't it doesn't say if they've got experience in clubs yet? Is it just experience as a uh, DJ? It says intermediate DJ that has some experience with events and socials. So okay, so yeah, maybe so, some events and yeah. online as well. So that's great. Build your CV, build your online yeah. presences in like, look, this is what I currently do. This is where I'm at as a DJ. So you've got something to show those other people when you do start to network. And when they come and look for you online, they're like, okay, yeah, he's, you know, they've done some stuff before. They've played a party here and, you know, they're confident on the decks and they're confident, you know, putting some mixes together. So make sure you've got that content there ready. Um, and then the networking, like we've said time and time again, just yeah. start small, just start talking, going down to the events and places you want to be playing at and just yeah. talking to the people involved, whether it's literally people behind the bar, the other DJs, the promoters that are floating around, the people that sell the tickets, anyone involved in the event, don't go straight all in like, hey, I'm a DJ, do you want to book me? You know, <laughs> yeah. just, just be part of the event For to sure. start with. And then people will get to know you and they'll get to know that you're a DJ. And then when something starts to open up, maybe another DJ is sick, maybe another DJ you know, needs covering for a night because they're away, then they know that, oh, what, let's try that, that new, new guy out that's been hanging around, you know? Absolutely. And usually it happens that way. Yeah. Both very important socials as well as going in. We, have to, we do stress enough like going to go and actually be face-to-face because it yeah. is so important. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yes, your Instagram is your product and what you're selling and your image and how it looks and everything, but I feel like nothing has as much impact as real human conversation. And I feel like you can just set so much more of like an impression and an image, you know, when you're just with someone. 100%. Sure. 100%. Uh, we've got a comment here from DJ Victor Nova. who says, my last gig, the owner wanted me to play exactly what was on his list. <laughs> we feel you. We've been there. We've all been there. Yeah. Like we were saying, could be a red flag. But if, if it's working between the both of you, then just just go, you know, keep going with it and keep that dialogue open. Um, but it is always that tricky thing. Some promoters really have this. They think that they know exactly what that night needs and the exact playlist that night needs. And they're not always right. As humans, we're not always right. Um, especially when you're controlling music and playing to a crowd, you start to feel the energy of that and pick up on the energy of that. And just those little nuances of when the crowd's reaction just lifts slightly and you get a bit more of a maybe a cheer or a noise when a track drops in. All these things start to build up a catalogue and a profile in your head of what that event is. So tune into that tune into the you know what feedback you're getting from the audience and the crowd that you're playing to and even if it's not a packed dance floor even if there's just a a couple pockets and groups of people keep your eyes on them don't just be looking at your equipment all the time drop a track and look straight at who is on the dance floor and see how they respond do they look at the mates like whoa do you remember this track or or are they just kind of like bopping around like "Mm." But yeah. bored of my night out, you know, use all those little telltale signs. We're humans. We have human behavior. So read into that human behavior. Um, Absolutely. Do one more Reddit. Uh, let's do a Reddit. Okay. Have you got the Reddit drama? Reddit drama. It's all over the place. People arguing, fighting, all up in your face. Reddit drama. Reddit drama. So I'm doing something a bit different this week. Rather than just going in about Reddit drama, I have trolled through reddit but i found some positive stuff so we don't have a jingle for reddit positive but these are (laughs) people's experiences at gigs and people have been sharing them and there's some really interesting ones so it's i've kind of picked out the more obscure experiences just to share because yeah quite entertaining nice you know, shout out to everyone that shares their experiences on Reddit yeah. um, and shout out to all these DJs that are doing all these crazy, weird and wonderful gigs. So the first one, 
by Unscheduled Nudity. Right. Nice. Good username. Um, <laughs> I played a private event celebrating a successful food drive. They, they got 700 pounds of food. Great. It was my dream gig, playing the darkest, creepiest music I could find for a group of Satanists. One of them made a black and white silent movie that played in the background and matched my vibe perfectly. I got a ton of compliments from the congregation and the owner of the sacrilegious theme bar hit me up for future gigs. Really proud and stoked for the whole experience. I mean, speaking of red flags, this will be a red flag to me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if that's the kind of events you do and you're into, then good for you. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? I couldn't have, have painted that event without seeing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I could, I, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like. I can't imagine a DJ being at an event like that. But it's amazing to just goes to show like where these events come from and where you can actually pick up opportunities. Yeah. You know, it's not just, I know we're talking about, you know, promoters of venues and managers of clubs, but, you know, it does expand beyond that. It could be a local church. It could be our local community center. It could be anything like that um, where these opportunities come about. Yeah. Right. Next one. So, <laughs> so I said, what's your experience? This person just put freaked out on shrooms once and no one else knew how to set up and get the gear working. Real nightmare, lol. <laughs> so then someone okay. put, I kind of want to hear this story. Okay, so we'll go a bit deeper. Took some mushrooms before we hauled all the gear to our spot. Got the gear in place, but the shrooms started hitting halfway through setup. And I got to a point where I really needed to just go outside and chill for a bit. Nobody else was able to finish setting up. And the DJ that was supposed to go on first was like, I don't want to go on first. You go on first. Oh, no. <laughs> Ended up getting super overwhelmed and got to the point where I was in complete hell and could no longer make any decisions. Oh, my God. <laughs> I now have better people involved who are fully committed and I don't take shrooms at raves I'm in charge of. <laughs> I love it. I love the yeah. experience. Do you know what? I've not been there, but I've been there with alcohol. Yeah. I know how it is. Like yeah. you just get too overexcited. Whether, whatever your narcotic of choice is, you know, you get too overexcited with it because you want to have a party and then you actually shoot yourself in the foot and you're like, damn. Yeah. It hits you real quick. Real quick. Uh, yeah. Sure and you're like, I'm. I hope there's some people who are, you know, more sober than me around to <laughs> sort this shit out. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I like it. Um, right. Oh, I've lost it now. Let's keep going down. I've got one more. This is amazing. This is a great story. Right. So someone said I accidentally started a festival. Help me. Accidentally. Yeah. Right, I need to hear this. I love electronic music and organizing parties was always my hobby. Lately, I've teamed up with some like-minded people, and our latest outdoor party went much better than expected. As usual, we've invited our friends. They invited their friends. And as a result, we've ended up having a full-fledged rave in a forest with eight DJs and 200-plus party people. Nice. People loved our event and the concept so much that since then, we are bombarded with contacts. The number of people who would like to come is growing every day. So far, we are more than 600 in the guest list. And most of them will come with plus people. We went so viral that some people wish to come even from other cities that are two plus hours away. We are potentially looking at about 700 to 1,000 people at our next event. Well, that's going, to that's going to be literally a shit show because at the first event, we didn't have any toilets, no security, nothing, as it meant to be a small forest party rave with friends. Even if we asked everyone to not throw garbage away and to clean up after themselves, we had to collect a ton of garbage at the end. Since we can't handle that 700 to 1,000 people ourselves, we have to get professionals involved. In terms of toilet security and cleaning up, 
So here I am for advice. Someone with experience in organizing events, please tell me how many portable toilets do you need per 100 people? How many security personnel is needed per 100 people? How many cleaning personnel needed to clean up after 100 people? Do you know what? This is great. It's great. I love that this is like Reddit. Yeah. We're getting the advice here to throw mini festivals. And the thread, I'd I'd recommend people just go on the RDJs thread and you'll find it. Yeah. And go on the thread below this, this, because it, it's really interesting to see the conversation that evolves and people saying you need a name, people saying lost in the woods or found in the woods. And then people are saying, oh, you know, maybe start trying to grow slower, but this is your origin story, man. There's so much support. And yeah. like in 10 years time, we're going to be coming back to this origin story. There's so much support for this dude, yeah. um, all these people. So I thought that was just super inspiring. Yeah. And I, I love that organicness of just that, bringing yeah. people together for music. Yeah. It's not about like, oh, let me see how many people I can get there. They've done something for themselves. Words got out because it's been great. It's not like, how can we just try and drag as many people as possible to a place and make money? It's like, how can we, you know, express ourselves? Let's go get lost in the woods and throw a rave. And and people are aligned with that. And I think that's such an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, even when you look at like the start of Tomorrowland, like you look at what that was in 2005 or whatever, it was like one stage in the middle of a field. And now look at it. It's like, you don't know where this could go. Good for that person. That's it. Right, so just before we move on to Crossfader's Chart Challenge, don't forget it is Black Friday week, month. Depending on what company you are, it could be, you know, (laughs) half a year's worth of Black Friday. But yeah, we're right in the middle of our Black Friday sale, which means 50% off all courses. If you're listening to this, you know, in the next few days after upload, it's still live. Go check it out. Um, we've got courses for all levels from beginner to intermediate up to advanced in our complete package through the DJ hub. And we've also got genre specific courses. So if you just want to mix techno or just want to mix house or hip hop, we've got you covered. The scratching courses, tone play transitions, and many more. You can get the complete package too, which is basically 90% off the retail value of all the courses you pay once and you get access to everything for lifetime and all our future courses. So after that plug, let's get stuck in to Crossfader's chart challenge. Right, let's see if I've got some volume on this. Yeah, we do. Right, so this week's chat channel, I've been excited about this, like I said at the start of the show. Um, Danny, I'm going to do sub-focus. Oh my, right. Yeah. See, this is, yeah. It's going to be tricky. Already. So <laughs> just get a notes up on my, my laptop or your phone. We need a Double one phone. to seven, don't we? We yep. need a one to seven. I've got seven tracks here. I don't know what order I'd even put them in. I struggled to narrow it down to seven tracks when I was planning this. Um, now think about it before we get started. Right. You might want help from the listeners here. So if you're listening along, you know, play along. Put what number you'd put this in from one to seven. One being, you know, the absolute top tune. You can't move the position once it's set. So I'm going to play the seven tracks and once they're in, they're locked in place. For those regular listeners, I bet they're just itching to get going. Yeah. But I want to make sure the rules are clear. Are you ready, Danny? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay, right. <laughs> First one. I'm just going to keep skipping through them. Okay. Right. We want the drops, don't we? Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, I know this one. This is Solar System by yeah. Subfocus. So much energy. Uh, so <laughs> much. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to put this at four. Four. Solar yeah. System by Subfocus. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, I started with one that's not too obvious. Yeah. I don't know if it'll throw you out or I'm if pr- that's a good thing or I'm not. I'm pretty anyway, happy with that. Next one. Yep. 
<laughs> so <laughs> there's a massive part of me that's like number one, number one. Yeah. Why? Oh, Why? Because it's, it's just like an anthem, isn't it? It like, is. Yeah. Do you know what? Like I saw Subfocus on this tour when he released this album, and it was still to this day like one of the best shows I've ever been to. See, I remember you telling me this, and that's oh, why I chose Subfocus. It's I thought he's got like emotional attachment. To I do. Yeah. What a tune. Shall we get to the drop? Oh man. What a vibe. Like instant goosebumps on the back of my neck. Right, well. so Tidal Wave, Subfocus, what where are you placing this in the chart? Two. Two? Yeah. Why? <laughs> hey. See, this is the the struggle. And you know what? Last week was the first week on the because ch- Lawrence did Chasing Status for me, yeah. and I've got a, I'm a big fan of Chasing Status. And it was the first time I think I committed something to the number one spot before it was the end of the. I, I might like, do because we <laughs> always end up with one and seven empty. Yeah, but you know that was a close anyway. one, I must say. So tidal wave. Yeah. Next one. This oh. is throwing it back. Subfocus. Turn back time. Turn back time. Yeah. So totally different in style as well. Yeah. So this is a vocal. I'm going to skip to the drop again. Was it kind of... I felt like it was like EDM era, wasn't it? Yeah, listen. Yeah, right, okay. So maybe not your style as much? No, I'm I'm happy putting this at seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, this was like... For the time it came out, this was like... That sound, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing into what was current. Yeah. That whole Martin Garrix I quite like it. I've got... Yeah, I... I, I Oh, but it's hard. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I'd put that seven as well. There's a great remix of that. I think it was Special Request did a remix of it. Uh, it's very good. Nice. Check yeah. Special yeah. Request. Right, this oh, one. Oh, no. That last one went in at seven, yeah? Yeah. Okay. This one, See, Desire, Sub Focus, and Dimension. Dimension's up there for me as well. See, the drops are just. So good. So good. What a tune. Oh. Oh. Where's it going? I can't put it one, oh. but it's definitely going three. It's going three. Yeah. Okay, Desire. okay. Oh, we've got three left. This is tricky. What have you got so far? I've got... What have you got empty? What have you got left? I've got to, five, to six, and one. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. Right. Ready to fly. Again, sub-focus and dimension. I'm, I'm so annoyed that... I've... <laughs> <sighs> this is the best thing about this. Do you know, what? I, you know It's nice to be on the other end of this. Yeah. You feel like you've got the power. The second breakdown of this is just like 10 out of 10. Oh my god. What a tune. This is a much more recent tune, isn't it? Yeah, last year this came out. Drum and bass just does something to me. But shall we go to the second drop? Yeah. Is it the second drop? It is the second drop, yeah. See, anyone that's not heard this track, you heard that first drop, listen to this second drop. Yeah, it's just madness. I don't know how much we can get away with playing. I'm just going to keep talking over it. Yeah, just keep (laughs) keep talking over the music. Yeah. Oh, oh. I can't put it at one, but it's going at five. Like, so. putting that four by four structure oh. back in, so good. that BPM is just mental. Ready to fly. Okay, ready to fly. Where's that going in at? Number five, and I'm annoyed at it. Oh, because <laughs> you don't want to fill the board. I've got six and one. Oh, it's, it's not no. much better than one and seven, is it, really? Right, next. Last two. Skip in a bit. 
This is just hold on. All right, yeah. So again, totally different vibe. Mm, yeah, Sub focus and Wilkinson. This one, I'd be happy with this at six. I think you made the right choice there. You know, what was this one called again? I don't really know. This, this is one. just hold on. Just hold on. Uh, it's favorited in my music, so that's probably why I chose it. <laughs> was this the, like where they did the collab album? I think it was like just Sub Focus and Sub Focus and Wil yeah. Wilkinson on this one. Yeah. I don't know if that's the rest of the tracks, but right, last one. Oh god. Is it I think I think you've nailed it here to leave number one. Have you? Maybe. This brings back memories for me, so I don't know if it's the same for you. This is like original OG subfocus. It is. I'd have put this potentially on the first album or first release. I don't, yeah, I don't even know. Like the colourful wheel yeah. one here. Um, oh, go back to the drop. Is it number one for I'd you put, I'd have put this at two if oh. I could do it again. Could be real. Oh dear. But it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm such a love for dubstep as well. Let's so. get the drop. Bangers, just bangers. I'm, I mean, I'm bravo, Subfocus. Yeah. Thank you for bringing such an eclectic range of music Absolutely. to our ears for so many years. Yeah. Um, and I'm always excited when a new one drops. I'm like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder where, where they're going with it this time, you know, always. because they've done house, they've done EDM, they've done drum and bass, they've done dubstep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm pretty happy with that. Good. Do you want to read them out? Yeah. So, number one was Could Be Real. Number two, Tidal Wave. Number three, Desire. Four, Solar System. Five, Ready to Fly. Six, just hold on, and seven, turn back time. Nice. Pretty happy. Right, you haven't had a chance to look at the comments, really, have you? Not really. I did favourite <laughs> a few just right. before we started. If you've got some favourites, let's go through some of them. Right, speaking of courses, as we just mentioned before, it is Black Friday. Yes. Do you have any courses dedicated to or equivalent to the Rev 1? Yeah, so Serato beginner course is, is the most suitable course for the DDJ Rev 1 because it works with Serato. Um, and there's some content in there around like the battle style layout and just that approach to mixing just for beginners as well. Um, so that's definitely the best course to go for if you've got the Rev 1. Yeah, another one is, would you recommend me buy a Flex 4 as a beginner? Yes. Absolutely. That is. I think we get this question like every week. We so to the, to, to the listeners that listen to us week in, week out, we're sorry that we, you hear the word Flex 4 so many times. Yeah. But honestly, like... I, I really enjoy playing on it. Yeah. Um, and it's just so convenient that it works with everything. It's and so it does everything you need as a beginner. The, the one downside, I'd say, but then it's not really a downside because it works with Serato anyway, is I feel like the Rekordbox software is more complex to get your head around than yeah. Serato DJ Lite, which is like the free version of Serato. So that's where like the Rev1, because it works with Serato DJ Lite, if you're a total beginner DJ who's never touched equipment before, that entry into the software side of things is much easier um, with Serato, where there's a bit more of a hurdle, I feel, with Rekordbox. There's a bit more going on with it, but don't let that, you know, Flex4 is great. Yeah, right, a couple more. Uh, I'm warming up the dance floor this Saturday, one hour slot between 9 and 10 p.m. I will be playing second. Is there any red flags to be aware of for this? Ooh, thanks for bringing it back to the theme as nice, well. So yeah. they're warming up the dance floor. They've got a one-hour slot from 9 to 10 p.m. Um, oh, they're playing second as well, so it's not the first. Yeah, so they're playing um, someone else. What I would say is just watch out for what that first DJ is playing. Mm -hmm. Try and get there to listen to their set so that, a, you don't, you know, 
play the same tracks. <laughs> it's pretty yep. important and to try not to do that. If you can't get there, ask to just say to them, is there any chance I can flick through your history or just give us a quick vibe of like what you've been playing for the last hour just so that, you know, I don't play the same stuff. Um, and a good DJ is just, yeah, yeah, just have a look through it. You can look at history on CDJs. You can look at history on laptops with software like Recordbox and Serato. So you could maybe even research that and say, oh yeah, I know where it is. And like, just say, do you mind if I have a quick look so we don't play any of the same music? Yeah. Um, other red flags, don't get too excited as well. If yeah. it's early doors, like just re- refrain, refrain yourself. Which and is hard. It is hard, especially if it's like a new gig and you're like, you just yeah. want to do your thing. But b- if you make the DJ following you the main DJ, you know, have a great set and look good and sound good. The promoter and that DJ will thank you way more than if you just have a great night that one night. I guarantee you'll have many more nights to come if you can really warm that event up and do the right job for that time, not just what you want to do for yourself and your mm. own ego. Um, so that's probably my other Absolutely, yeah. flag or advice yeah. for that. Speaking of warm-ups as well, this is a good question here. What is better, opening for a big event when it's a bit empty or closing a small slash medium event? I'm doing both and both in one night at the weekend. All oh, right, so he's got both gigs coming up. One where so he's split opening. the night, yeah. So the first yeah. half of the night he's doing a big event, yeah, um, but warming up. And then mm-hmm. he's moving to another venue, I'm guessing, and yep. doing a small venue. I used to love doing this. As DJ. Yes. When you've got two events in one night and you're just suddenly like, Right, uh, you switch out of one mind frame and you're like, right, I'm into the next one. And it's, yeah, I don't know, it's, there's something quite exciting it's about It's like it. it's double the work, but you're doubly excited. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is. And it's, there's something awesome about going into a venue where you know that everyone in there has been on this epic journey and they're yeah, probably yeah. all sweating and they're like, yeah, I'm so into it. You know, yeah. smaller venue, a bit more intimate. And then you go in there and you've got to like just finish their night for them. Yeah. And there's something so special about that. For it's sure. my favorite thing is closing a night. Yeah. Um, because usually if it's been done well, the crowd are just in the palm of your hand and they will just lap it up and you can really experiment with that journey that you're taking them on. And they should be, you know, well and truly warmed up, probably quite drunk. Um, and you can just have fun with it. Yeah. Don't be too serious either. Like, don't be afraid to just throw some wild cards in there towards the end of the night because it's the end of the night. Like you just let people have fun and remember, you know, when that night finishes, you want them to walk away going, I can't believe you just played that. Like yeah. that was awesome, you know, rather than I've just, you know, heard a four by four beat over and over and now I'm really fatigued and tired because I've danced to the same BPM over and over and I'm yeah. just, I'm past it and I need to have a sleep on the way home. For sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, just just think about those wild cards is yeah. what I'd say. I think both of them would be good fun. Like some of the most fun I've ever had DJing have both been closing and warm-ups. So yeah. For sure. Uh, last little question is, where's Lawrence? Oh. They missed the start. Missed the start. He's, he's, he's not here. He's gone. Yeah. No, he's playing. He's playing golf in Turkey. He's got a few days off, living up the high life. Yeah, playing some golf. He'll be back next week. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, and thank you for listening, everyone that's locked in live. It's been great. Um, and for bearing with just me and Danny, sorry that you didn't have Lawrence. Um, but he'll be back next week. And remember, it is Black Friday. You're probably already aware. <laughs> but it's 50% of everything. We've got to shout about it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing our job right, would we? So go check out wearecrossfader.co.uk and check out the offers that we've got on across all of our DJ courses if you want to level up your skills today, this year, for the rest of this year, next year, anytime. We've Forever. got you covered. Right, peace out. Peace <laughs> out.